Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And Linda, as everybody can hear, I have laryngitis. I've had it for the past two and a half weeks, but the show must go on. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm so excited about today's show, like I am every week, because I get to hang on the air with my good friend, Linda. Linda, you know, I just, that's the best part of doing this by far. Wow. Um, Thank you. But I learned so much, you know, not only from you, but from our guests. And later on in the show, we're going to have uh, Susan Sokol Blosser, of, author of the book Letting Go, to come out and talk to us about uh, letting go. And Linda, you and I have talked a lot about letting go, letting go of control. So, you know, it's something that's near and dear, I know, to my heart, because I really had to ratchet back my little control freak tendencies over the years. Well, you know, it's, they're very, very hard to, to keep in check because I am too, and as much as I try and as much as I am aware of it, um, I, you know, it, it's really, really hard to let go. And, it you know, is. and I'm, I, I'm older and I, and I'm still like holding on and it's really, you know, it's, it, and I know that I'm doing it and that's the crazy part. <laughs> so, you know, every once in a while I say, okay, just let that go, let it go, let it go. <laughs> and, and I can do it, but, you know, I keep going back for it. You know, talking about that, it's really interesting because I, she was a guest of ours. She's a psychic. Her name is Lori Johnson. She sends around the most wonderful newsletters. So I just got one today and, you know, she's saying Happy New Year again because on uh, February 19th, this Thursday, they're going to move into the Chinese year of the wood sheep or goat until February 7th of 2016. And, um, apparently this, you know, that correlates to the sign of cancer. So the home, the family, and one's roots are, are very important in this coming year, not just having comfort in the home, but repairing relationships with those closest to us and developing a community, you know, with people of like mind. So we talk about that all the time. But she says this year brings a calm, gentle, and creative energy, promoting thoughtfulness and honesty in a helpful way. It brings a release from the stress we've been under for the last several years. If we can let the stress go ourselves, the key word to describe this year are calm, creative, and helpful. And all the turmoil of the last five to seven years in preparing to then moving into this Aquarian age that we're in now we are ready to shift from our energetically imposed self-reassessment into putting all learned 
into action. So all of these things that we've been learning on the show and learning in our lives and reading about and listening to and workshopping, this is the year that we really need to to put them to the test. So what do you think we need to do? Because I've been, you know, learning and studying and implementing. Like, what do you think she wants us to do with this stuff? Well, it's just... I, I like those words about being calm, creative, and helpful. Helpful or helpful? Helpful, H-E-L-P, helpful. And, um, I, you know, I think, and she says, letting go of our self-imposed stress, putting so much on ourselves, and just, you know, kind of letting go of that. And we just, that's what we just talked about two minutes ago. It's hard to give up that control. But I'll tell you one thing. Um, when you do, life becomes a whole lot sweeter. So, may, it, and maybe because the, the, we're in this Aquarian age now, you know, deeply. And for, I guess we've been in it for for years, but now we're really in it because that was just leading up to it. So that was heart letting go of the old stuff. But now that we're really into this new place, maybe it will be easier for us to be calm, creative, and helpful. <laughs> because everything is aligned. So, you know, I'm I'm ready to, to trust that. I think we just came out of Mercury retrograde again. So, you know, it's time to take a deep breath and just calm down. You know, I'm, I'm preparing to do this massive renovation of my whole bedroom area in, 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 in my apartment. So today, you know, I just canceled everything, and I just went through and I just got rid of a lot of stuff. I'm just going through at my speed because the thought of, this actually happening is like scary to me, panicky, because it's going to be so much upheaval. But I went through my closets, and I slowly but surely I'm just going through everything and just throwing a lot of stuff away. And so when I have to just pack up stuff in boxes, there'll be less to pack up. And I'm getting used to it. I'm cal- I'm calming myself down. <laughs> See, I think that's so good because whenever I get rid of stuff, whenever I purge stuff, you know, recently I went through my office and I had, oh, my God, I probably had 10 years of tax returns. And, you know, I need to keep this stuff, but I didn't need to keep it in my office. I didn't need to keep it in my space. And it's amazing when you start getting rid of the piles, when you start getting rid of the stuff that's just been sitting there, how much that that presence of that stuff weighs on you it actually pushes like an energy and makes it really really hard um to breathe yeah well it does uh and i'm i'm an i'm a neat freak so everything is always neat and in its place but you know back where i can't see it is <laughs> is a lot of stuff that you know i i, I for, you know you forget it's there and it's it's really and then you know so i was pulling out a lot of stuff and a lot of dust today <laughs> <laughs> and um you know so it it is it it is cleansing so all day i'm i'm you know went back to my closet and kept looking in it and said oh it looks so much better and it <laughs> doesn't take much to make me happy well, I think, but what it is, it's that process of letting go of stuff. You know, I know when I was under extreme stress a couple of years ago, you know, my mom was sick and, and I was going through the divorce. I held on to everything. I mean, I can't even tell you the weird things I did, Linda. You know, I go in my, I have a walk-in closet in my bathroom, which I really love. Everyone should have a walk-in closet in their bathroom. And in there is like my hair care stuff, you know, my bathing stuff. I must have had 
15 tubes of toothpaste. I don't know what I was going through at the time that made me a hoarder. I was a neat and organized hoarder, but I had like 11 bottles of shampoo yeah. at one time, you know, and they were all lined up like little soldiers. Like, you know, I thought like maybe if my mom died and I got divorced, like Rite Aid would go out of business. I don't know what I was thinking, you know, that I couldn't just go to the store and pick up something else. I don't know why I had to backstop I know. everything. Well, that that's, you know, again, that's the controlling or being in lack. And I'm just, I was just scrolling down a little bit further because all of this is like what we're talking about now is in this newsletter. So it's like crazy and I didn't see it before, but I'm going to be pulling up carpets and pulling down, you know, curtains and all of that. It says negativity and stress get stuck in our dirt and clutter and spew their energy into our lives without us even thinking about it. That's what you just said. They also get stuck in our walls, ceilings, floors, especially if there is carpeting our furniture and drapes. Uh-oh. So all of that's going. I think this, I'm doing this is at a good time. The home then perpetuates this energy so we couldn't recharge our own batteries if we tried, and we will all be more susceptible to feeling negative energy than we've ever been before. So they're telling move furniture, move the clutter, that uh piles of stuff. That's what she's saying in her newsletter. It's really funny. So we're in yeah. sync. <laughs> we are in sync. And it's funny because we're so different, but yet we seem to be walking this same path together. You know, I was just looking around my office going, oh, there's so much more I could get rid of, you know. And I think, you know, I have a break after today's show and then I have one night coaching call. And I think I'm going to take that hour and just go back to my um, my goal last year was every uh, month to get rid of like a garbage bag full of stuff and then yeah. to get rid of a garbage can full of papers because I have so many papers, you know. I know. And I have this I... funny paper thing that I do, Linda. I, I don't like to throw anything away because I'm like, oh, I might need it. And I I'm know, not but that's those... the thing. And you never I know. do. And I never and do. So... And I never never buy that scanner, that neat thing, even though I look at it all the time when I go to Staples. I'm like, why do I need to have electronic clutter? But I take a box, like an old banker's box, and I write the date on it, and then I stuff all my papers in there, and then when it's full, I stick it in the garage, and then I go out like six months later and throw out the year-old box. I don't even look at what's in it because it's not important. It just comforts me to know they're there. Uh, well, you know, today I, I pulled out a lot of stuff, and uh, this stuff has to be um, uh, shredded because they're old statements and all sorts of things that, you know, you don't want to be in this in this crazy world where they are stealing your identity left and right. Not that I don't I think they're going through garbage anymore. They can just do it through your computer. But so, and I said to my husband, I said, you've got to do the same. Just pull out all these old papers, and I'm going to have, and our shredders, just, it, it would take me for frigging ever to get it done. So I said, <laughs> I'm just going to call a shredding service that they come to your house and they shred your stuff right in front of you. So you don't even have to do anything, and you don't even have to take out the, the elastics or the staples or the envelopes. They just, they just shred away, and then they take it away, and, and you're, you're clean. Isn't that nice? That is. I I use a file destruction company. I used to. I haven't used it in years because so much of my stuff is electronic now. But when I used to own that entertainment booking company and we would have headshots and contracts and insurance and, and requisitions and, you know, we could easily generate 10 uh, banker's boxes full of papers, you know, every quarter. And at the end of the year when I didn't need all that stuff anymore for the years prior, I would call a file destruction company. They'd come with this big truck and it had a, you know, in 
industrial, yeah, it would just grind up everything. And it felt so good to watch them grind, you know. They yeah. would just dump the boxes in. It was like this scooper, and it would, like, fall down in, grind up, and I'd be like, oh, thank God it's gone. Yeah, no, it, it's, 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 it is cleansing. It, 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 it really is. I mean, for everybody out there, just try it. If you have a lot of clutter, just, you know, clean out a little bit, and you'll, you'll be able to breathe easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I need to take us to commercial break. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about letting go, whether it's letting go of clutter, letting go of thoughts, letting go of people, letting go of things. Uh, there's everything uh, comes down to letting go at some point. Uh, in our lives so it's a good skill to have so you're going to want to come back and visit with susan sokol blosser more after the break this is god in country the Collision of Faith and Politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hi, ladies. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And as promised, we are visiting with Susan Sokol Blosser today. She's the 
uh, author of a book that Linda and I are big mantras of with the phrase letting go because Susan we have done a whole year series last year about letting go and letting go of control and not pushing against the universe and you know all sorts of of things and it's just so perfect that your book title letting go talks about letting go for our listeners that are just meeting you for the first time would you like to fill them in a little bit about you and your book and what it means to let go Okay, thank you, Sandra. It's fun to be here with you and Linda. I wrote Letting Go after I turned over the presidency of a company that I had helped found. It was Sokol Blosser Winery, and it was something that had defined my whole adult life. Um, my husband and I started a vineyard in Oregon in the 1970s, and there was no wine industry at that time, so we had the challenge and, in retrospect, a pleasure of developing an industry that didn't exist. Um, and it just was my whole identity. I managed the vineyards, and then I managed the winery, and it was such an accomplishment. I was an urban kid, so to learn how to farm and to learn to run a business. I was also a liberal arts graduate, you know, no business experience. Um, when I decided it was time to turn it over to my kids, I thought it would be really simple. Just give them some experience and hand them the reins, and then I could ride off into the sunset. But that didn't happen. It was my kids were competent. That wasn't the issue. The issue was I had such a hard time letting go. It was really my identity. And I think letting go is maybe the opposite of clinging. And clinging is what makes us unhappy. Um, this is something I learned, that if you can stop clinging to something, whether it's your job or your kids or your weight, um, I've had that issue too, then you're, it frees you up and the world becomes your oyster. Because after I finally let go, I had so many options. It was, it was liberating. Hi, this is Linda. I certainly can relate to everything that you're saying, um, especially the identity piece, because my career was on Wall Street. And that's, you know, that's what I knew, that's what I was good at, and that's what people knew me for. So if you went to a party, like all the men would like gather around you because you were the Wall Street person. And it was, you know, it, it, it really fed my ego. And, uh -huh. and I was there for, you know, over 25 years. And when I, and I'll, I'll, if you, if you tell, I'll tell, you know, um, but when it was time to leave, um, I too thought it would be easier than it was. And I've got to tell you, uh, letting go of that took almost 10 years. It really yes, did. Yes, I believe it. I believe because, it. you know, all of a sudden you're stripped naked again and, uh, you have to, you have to recreate it and, and you just say, how in the heck am I ever going to do that? How am I going to feel good? And how am I ever going to – and, you, and the, I guess the answer is, and I'll let you talk, you can't recreate it. You've got to find something new. 
Well, yes, and I think that's a really key point, Linda. What I realized was that I had spent my life developing the outer me, the public me, the, the me that people see, and had done that to the extent that I wasn't sure what was inside, who was, who was the self that wasn't the ego. In other words, I did so much that I needed to do for the business that if given free time, it was like, what do, what do I want to do? Because that had not, that had never been an option. So suddenly I decided I need to discover who I am and what is it that I, I want. And I entered um, what I think of now as an inner journey. I started meditating and I started, um, I did yoga and I allowed myself to do things that I hadn't had time to do. There's a train going by. I, hope <laughs> I heard it. Is that what you're hearing? It sounds like it's in the room, but it, um, it is really outside. Um, so it was after that that I was able to find, I did several different things. I ran for office. I became more engaged in the community. I didn't win, but I realized I could do, I could work on issues that interest me in my community. And I ended up starting a small nonprofit to work on issues of childhood literacy and music enrichment and building a robust local food system, things that I feel strongly about that are actually sort of diverse. But I can put them all under this umbrella of this nonprofit. So I'm having a great time. I've got to ask you, um, they say no, nobody ever gets off the merry-go-round if they're having a good time and it's fun. So why, if, you know, you started this business with your husband and it was successful and you were, you were doing really well. What was the catalyst that said, I'm getting off the merry-go-round? Yeah, good question. Well, it was a number of things. Um, I start, We started in 1971. I was 26 years old. I managed the vineyards during all of the 1980s, and then I became president of the winery in 1991. So I was actually president for um, 17 years. And I traveled a lot um, to sell wine. I there were just, you know, it, they say it takes 20 years to be an overnight success. That's the old saw on Broadway, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, in our case, it was 30. I mean, just trying, Oregon wine is now in demand internationally, and especially Oregon Pinot Noir, but it wasn't for many, many years, and it was a very hard sell, and I was out pounding the streets, etc. So... About 2004, when I had two children in the business at that time um, who had come back, they both had MBAs. I don't have an MBA. I'm, I'm an on-the-job trainee. Um, it occurred to me that, first, I had fulfilled the vision that I had. I'd taken the vineyards organic. I had built a... Um, sustainable barrel 
seller that was certified by the U.S. Green Building Council. I had hired a fabulous winemaker to take us to the next level. I'd fulfilled my vision for the winery, and it was time for a new vision because a business needs vision to keep it going. And it occurred to me that maybe that vision shouldn't be mine. It should come from the next generation. So that was one thing. And then I went traveling, and I realized that I was significantly older than the young sales reps I was riding with, and I only had a few hours to convince them to really sell my wine. They had portfolios of many wines. You know, they need, I needed to develop a personal relationship so our wine had some meaning to them. And maybe someone more their age would have a better chance of doing that. So there were a number of things that came together that made me think it's time for the good of the business. It is time to start what, in, what I learned in family business circles is called an intentional transition. In other words, have a plan that at the end of which the kids would actually take over. And what I've learned is that this is actually pretty rare, that usually what happens is that the parents don't give up control. They take longer and longer vacations, but the kids are left standing in the wings in terms of responsibility. The parents still make the decisions. And I thought, you know, I really want my kids to feel in their gut the weight of the business that it depends on them. And if I want them to feel that, they have to have that responsibility, which meant that I had to step back. Mm -hmm. So that's how it happened. And that's what was so confusing to me because I instituted this transition. Why was it so difficult? This was my idea. And I kept asking that question, and that's what led to me to my writing the book because it was such a powerful uh, reaction that I had, and yet I came out on the other end, and I wanted people to see that just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. And I have a friend who said, you know, she starts out by saying that old um, old thing that one door closes, another opens, but she finishes by saying one door closes, another opens, but it's hell in the hallway. And that's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have another question, but I'm going to save it for the next segment because um, it'll take longer than 30 seconds for you to answer it. Okay, let me take us to commercial break, girls. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And we are visiting with Susan Sokol Blosser. She's the author of a book called Letting Go. You can just Google it. You can find it anywhere. It's a wonderful book. I had the pleasure of reading it, um, and I found it really helpful. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the process of letting go, and we're going to get into some personal issues about letting go. Uh, again, this is Sandra Beck from Linda Franklin. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. We will be back with Susan Blosser more after the break.
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old-school ways of La Abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion, to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. And Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And our guest today is Susan Sokol, that's S-O-K-O-L, Blosser. And I have a correction. Her book is available on Powell's website her book is available on kindle only on amazon and you can also pick a copy up on her site susansokolblosser.com if you are struggling with letting go if you are an entrepreneur and thinking about turning your business over to your children or your niece and nephew or just younger people in general uh, i think it's a very very helpful read uh, for anyone going through that transition now linda before we went to break you had a question so i want to give the mic over to you yeah, before we, we change lanes and go to another, other areas of letting go, I just want to ask a question. Um, when you, 
when you left the business and you handed it over to your children, um, did were you still the consulary? Did they come to you with all of their issues? I know my boss on Wall Street was very, very smart, too, and he let he, – he turned over the business to his sons as well, but he came in every day, and he was, or a part of the day anyway, but I know that they, he was, you know, he was like the brains behind the action, so that even though that they were handling the business and one of his sons was the CEO, um, I know they came to dad all the time for the advice because he's so smart. Did that happen with you? Well, I like to think that I'm so smart, too, but it didn't happen with me, <laughs> and <laughs> I expected it to, and I really expected it to happen, um, particularly in the vineyards, um, and I think that it was, you know, I wanted to be the wise advisor, but my experience during the transition made me realize that I was much more of a control freak than I was willing to admit. And when, so we'd be, during the transition, when we'd be in meetings, um, my goal was to let the team, the new team, make decisions, struggle with the issues and make decisions. But what actually happened way too often, I'm embarrassed to admit, was that I knew what the answer was to these issues, and after a while, my impatience would trump <laughs> whatever you know, whatever goals I had, and I'd sort of blurt out, "Well, why don't you do this?" So I, you know, as my daughter said later, I hijacked the meeting, and mm. that's so they didn't want to come to me because they were afraid I'd tell them what to do. So it took a few years for that, of my letting them alone, for that to work itself out. And now they do come if there are issues that they want to ask about. But we also have two, two other things mitigate that. We have a family board, which is um, Bill Blosser. My, he's my former husband at now, but he's, you know, we're the owners and founders, and our three kids, two of whom are employed in the business, and the oldest son is chairman of the board. That's how we keep his attention. So we are the policy-making part of the organization, and we have, I would say, a tight leash on the um, two that are running the business. Uh-huh, so that's, you see. <laughs> There's a way around so, everything. <laughs> that's right. But on, on a day-to-day basis, no, I am not involved. I'm an ambassador for the winery. I, you know, talk about the wine industry and I, you know, make appearances, but I don't make day-to-day decisions. And are they doing, are they doing well? Are they, they, are are they taking it to new well. levels? Good, good, yes. excellent. And so the other thing I want to say, the other mitigating factor is we gave them a business coach who has really shaped the two who are co-presidents, by the way, which is an unusual unusual thing, has yeah. really shaped them into a well-moving, um, compassionate, and hard-driving team. Wonderful. And I'm so proud of them. 
Terrific. Well, and I just like to weigh in, you know, as the MBA in the room, um, how important I think it is. And I come from a family business, Susan. And, you know, I thought of when you were talking about that, I think of something my oldest brother said who took over my dad's business. And he, you know, because we had some similar things. And he's like, Dad, I went to work with you for 20 years. You just didn't think I was paying attention. My brother was like 45 when he told my dad that. So it was interesting for me to, to hear you talk about this story because, you know, here my brother was in his 40s when he took over the reins from my dad's company um, and, you know, got to put his own spin on it because he'd already been in there 20 years. And he didn't used to consult my dad. I remember dinners at our table because I'm much younger than my oldest brother. Our dinner tables were awful because my dad would grill him. My brother would have his point of view and, you know, everybody would be together, um, you know, and we'd all, my sisters and I would be sitting there giggling and laughing at everybody. But I will say that it would have been really helpful for there to be a coach at that point because you have this kind of power struggle going on. You've got a young person with all brimming with ideas and going to do this. Then you've got the old guard who's, who's got all the wisdom. And, you know, there's like kind of that weird like power thing that goes on. I would imagine that the coach also acted as a mediator because if I had to run the company with my oldest brother or my youngest brother, I think it would be fine. But if I had to run it with either of my sisters, we would choke each other to death. <laughs> well, I think that's the norm, and I think that's why business coaches are so important because they really f- form you into a team. I mean, here the two that the two children that are running um, are six years apart: an older brother, younger sister, and they had that dynamic um, growing up. And of course, you know, they liked each other and they got along. But they needed to get over not only that dynamic of knowing how to needle each other relentlessly, (laughs) but also um, opposite personalities. I remember giving them the um, personality tests, and they came out. I mean, I just burst out laughing when I saw the results because they were at opposite ends of the spectrum. And that is really powerful if they can work together. And that's what the challenge was and why we decided we needed them both rather than having to choose just one. And we needed them to learn how to get along as business partners. And that's what the business coach has done. Now, this has been, you know, since 2008 is when they actually took over. And they are still seeing the business coach. So that's, this is not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. And the goal was to get them in as a team with good communication and able to resolve issues and differences before something that otherwise would be unresolvable came up. Well, and I think, you know, when I, I want to follow up on this little train of thought here because, you know, I put myself in your kid's shoes going, okay, I've got a brother that's, you know, eight years older uh, than me. And how would I feel, you know, if I was working, there's part of me that would feel like I want to default to him all the time because he's all knowing and he's my big brother. But that puts an unreasonable amount of pressure on him. Like, I would never put that on my boss. I would never put that on a coworker and go, well, you're eight years older. You know, you should know better. But there's inherent... 
family dynamics that we might not even be aware of that would influence our behaviors or our decisions or our feelings in a very different way than if this was your sibling versus your um, coworker. Very, very different energies. Yep, you're exactly right. Then you can't come to mom because she's the boss. You know, talk about you know a recipe for something really tough. It's like when your kids came to you at times, there had to be like I'm a mother. I have two warring factions. I've got a eight year old and eleven year old, and they're always vying to be right. I've got two little you know I'm going to be right guys. And as a parent, you know you want to be fair, but then you add on to your workload this whole dynamic of I'm the mother. This is my daughter. I probably have a different relationship with her than a son because I know both of my sons are different. I have different relationships with them. And then you're supposed to be a company owner, a boss. That, to me, would be like a big old tangled tangled web there. Yeah, absolutely. It is a perfect recipe for chaos. One of the things that the business coach taught us was to recognize which hat you're wearing when you speak. Am I speaking with my mother hat on? Am I speaking with my boss hat on, you know, before? And now, um, because those are different motivations, a mother is much more of a nurturer and, you know, a boss or a board member is more demanding, and it helps the recipient to know where you're coming from. Um, That was very helpful to us to identify in our own minds and for the person we're talking to which hat we're wearing. Well, yeah, because it's like when I coach Little League or I coach soccer for the day, my kids are always like, Mom, you yelled at me. And I'm like, I yelled at everybody. Everybody's got to get out there and run and hustle. But <laughs> You know, from a very simple standpoint, you as a mom, you as a company leader, you as all these different roles, um, I can see where just just making everybody aware of those roles could help so much of the miscommunication or hurt feelings or confusion. Yes, exactly. Okay, I need to take us to commercial break. Um, We are visiting today with Susan Sokol Blosser. Uh, That's S-O-K-O-L Blosser, B-L-O-S-S-E-R. Her book is called Letting Go. It's a very, very important book, I think, for anybody who is transitioning in their corporate uh, existence, whether you're a company owner, an entrepreneur, or you're handing the reins over to somebody else, especially if they're a family member. We talked a lot about about how tangled these things can be. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about personal transitions. Susan's books are available at SusanSokolBlosser.com and Powell's Bookseller. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. 
The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting today with Susan Sokol-Blosser. For those of you that missed the first three quarters of the show, you want to check us out on iTunes. We are available there with a couple hundred hours of uh, family-friendly, delightful, entertaining, wonderful guests uh, type of talk radio for Powered Up Talk Radio. And today we're visiting with Susan Sokol-Blosser, and we're talking about letting go. And for the majority of the show, Linda, we talked a lot lot about you know letting go initially of possessions and things and then we talked about careers um having to let go of careers um but what we didn't talk about is when we have to let go of people or identities beyond our career. And Susan, you, uh, you went through a divorce. I went through a divorce, uh, last year or two years ago, or maybe five years ago. I can't remember. (laughs) Um, it just seems so long and so far away, but one of the identity problems I had to deal with is that I am no longer married. I am not a married woman. I may still be a mom and a company owner, but I got to tell you that really freaked me out because I was kind of set in this 10 year, I am married, I'm off the market to bad. My ex-husband didn't do the same thing. Uh, we'd probably still be married. Um, but that was a really hard identity for me to let go. Well, I'm How happy to you... respond to that <laughs> I'd love because to your take I ended up leaving my husband after 32 years of marriage. And for me, what happened was that we had three kids who were the center of our lives. We started a business, which ultimately was very successful. We were very good at doing that together. But I never... We just didn't have the relationship, and we finally, now we are friends, and we recognize what we have done together, that we would never 
you know, not do with anyone else at this stage in our life. But I left him because I realized that I was trying to be the person he wanted me to be, and I never was good enough. And I didn't know who I was because, you know, I criticized him for not letting me be who I was, but I was trying to be who he wanted, who I thought he wanted me to be. So I left essentially to try to find myself. And I was, I did that because when I took over the winery, my self-confidence grew. As the winery became stabilized, as um, we became successful, I did that. I was okay. And going home and realize having somebody criticize me all the time was not okay. So for me, it was a gro- it was growth to leave. And I grew up, I mean, I'm 70 years old. I grew up as part of the generation that was incomplete, taught to be incomplete without a man. And so it was a big deal for me to leave. I think it took 32 years because I was afraid to leave. I was afraid to be on my own. Um, And my mother couldn't understand why I would leave this marriage when, you know, it seemed like such a good marriage. My kids didn't understand, even though they were all married themselves. It was a big miscalculation that they would accept it. But... The reality was that I needed to do this for myself, and it took me a surprisingly long time to let go of that relationship, even though I left. Susan, and did in you... fact, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I just, um, did you leave the the relationship after you left the business? No, no, I'm sorry. I became president in 1991. And I left my husband in 1998, and I left the business, uh, the presidency, in 2008. And when I left him and we um, divorced, I traded everything I possibly could to get control of the business so that it was mine. I wanted to be the, the majority owner. And that's one reason why it was so difficult to give up, was because I finally I owned it, and then not that long afterwards I gave it up. So leaving now, because it's it's been a while now. So in retrospect, it was a really good move for you, and and I'm sure it took a long time for you to adjust to your new single role. Um, but how is it now? Well, the reality is that I left when I came to terms with the fact that I probably would be alone the rest of my life. I was 54 years old. But what happened was that I fell in love and I remarried and I found a kindred spirit who, you know, I I wouldn't have married when I was 21, but he was perfect when I was 54. So, and actually, this story is in, in the book. He was um, our winemaker. I had actually hired him. It went against every business tenant I could imagine. It's the juicy part of the book. Okay. Well, now I've got to read the book. 
<laughs> I like the, I like the juice. No, but isn't that wonderful? Because it's the fear of leaving, of being alone, of not of not ever finding anybody again, and and being okay with that. And then when you let go, here we go, letting go, something yes. brand new and beautiful comes into your life because you have yes. let go. Yes, I think that's the that I believe that. Now, do you think, because this is like this is where it becomes Sandra's personal therapy hour, do you think that that you would not have been able to meet this person in the way that you wanted to meet him or the way that you ended up meeting him on that like level you talked about? You wouldn't have chosen when you were in your 20s, but in your you know 50s, he was perfectly right for you. Do you think your personal work that you did in between um, the marriages and, and you know for the winery and all that stuff, do you think that that prepared you to meet him? Oh, absolutely, that it... Well, it was somebody that I had known. I just was ready to see him in a different way. Um, I had known him as a winemaker before, but he was never on my radar as anything but a winemaker. And I actually hired him to be Sokol Blosser's winemaker. And um, I hired him in 1998, actually. I mean, they, it was a... 1998 was a big year for me. It was a year I left my husband. It was a year my son came into the business. It was a year that um, I hired a new winemaker. There was a lot of change. And it's interesting how things, you know, when things, when it rains, it pours, I guess. That's where that, that saying comes from, that a lot of things happened. But the year that the final year of the transition was 2007. That was the year that my kids took over. Um, I still had the title of president, but my kids were running the business. It's the year that my mother died. I let go of her, and we had had kind of a stormy relationship. So that was an interesting piece that I also wrote about. And it was a year that I got married again, and in order to get married again, I had to finally let go of my first marriage. So that was an interesting piece as well. Boy. What do you think was the hardest? Like, what was, you know, or was it just all blurred together? Like, I know for me, it was easier to let go of my marriage than it was to let go of my mom. Because like you, I had all that stuff sandwiched in together, like in the same year and a half uh, period of time. Well, they were very different. Um, letting go of my mother was not as hard at the time as it is now. I really miss her. But at the time, there was part of me that was glad she was gone because we had so much trouble. Mm. It's interesting, Sandra. I think Susan and I could have been sisters. We have all of these very, very similar uh, experiences in our lives, except the divorce part. But it just, it's, it's amazing. 
Well, but what I see from both of you, and this is just from the cheap little sister seats, um, and then maybe you'll know why my sister wants to choke me all the time, but um, I look at both of you and I think the very thing that made you so successful in what you did professionally was the very thing that caused you a lot of hardship personally. Yes. I, I, yes. I would agree with that 100%. Me too. Yeah, yeah. because after reading your book, Susan, and having the pleasure of getting to know Linda, I admire so much your strength. I admire your perseverance. I admire your guts and your integrity and, you know, all these things that you've done to become successful. But it's very intimidating for the rest of us. It's, it's, it's a hard place to be in, whether you're a little sister or, you know, maybe, who knows, a, a husband or a child. Um but I love that you guys both turn around and share how you overcame it and created, you know, this fantastic life. I think it's great. Well, there's an understory to success. And I think that's part of what I wanted to show in letting go. In other words, the the energy and the stick to and so forth that made me successful in the business also made it difficult to let it go. You know, the, the angst and so forth in trying to just make a decision over what to do, how to handle my kids, how to handle my mother, how to put it all together. That's the understory. And, you know, if you look at just the outer trappings, it looks easy. In fact, I was, my former husband Bill and I were actually surprised that our kids wanted to come into the business. We never talked about it. It was such a hard life. It was our whole life. We didn't do anything else except trying to build this business. We thought they'd be much happier doing something else. And they ended up coming back and saying, this is in our blood. We want to do this. And that was really a surprise to both of us. Is amazing. I need to end the show. Susan Sokol Blosser, pick up her book. Uh, you can pick it at Powell's. You can find it on Kindle, on Amazon. Susan Sokol Blosser, we'll catch you next week. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 